My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan-hole spin-off show where we talk Transformers every time and all the time. I'm Mike. I'll uh, be one of your hosts tonight. Uh, and uh, joining me tonight to talk some IDW Transformers is... Hey guys, this is Tony. And you know, I'm a fucking scientist. People forget that sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I was going to say, it seems like a lot of people are scientists. You know, as long as they're... That they're uh, like tangentially like related to another scientist or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm so. friends with one. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Finally, this is Thunderwing's power core link. With this, Thunderwing can be restored. But yeah, if you if you haven't guessed already, uh, we are going to be talking uh, Transformers Stormbringer tonight. Uh, and uh, I'll just read uh, what the wiki has to say about this. Uh, Transformers Stormbringer is a four-issue limited series published by IDW Publishing and set in their uh, 2005 continuity. Occurring roughly during the same period of time as the Infiltration arc, it establishes the situation of Cybertron and the rest of the Autobots and Decepticons not on Earth. It, it counts as issues 7 through 10 in IDW's overarching subnumbering. Uh, and was originally published between July and October of 2006. Uh, Stormbringer was scripted by Transformers veteran Simon Furman and penciled by Don Figueroa. The pair also worked together on Dreamwave's War, War Within series and IDW's Beast Wars The Gathering. Uh, originally, this was meant to come after Escalation, and uh, the events would have weaved in between those two miniseries. However, it was moved up the schedule due to some feedback uh, to infiltration. Uh, quoth Simon Furman, uh, people just wanted a bunch of big robots hitting each other. And so, yeah. The, and I remember, like, all the posters for this when it first came out, uh, like, proudly advertised uh, nothing but robots on Cybertron because uh, – you know, we're all a bunch of like, you know, complainy, greedy bastards. And we were, uh, you know, the infiltr I mean, infiltration was fine, but you can't deny it was a very slow burn. And it started with a bunch of human characters. And, you know, Furman was trying to do his like, you know, ultimate Marvel comics thing with like decompressed storytelling and whatever. So, like, you know, uh, people were like coming off of Dreamwave being canceled with everything and it's like, you know, full steam ahead, like middle of plot de like developments. And all of a sudden we got this, when we came back to Transformers, Infiltration was this slow burning, like, you know, small scale thing. So IDW like bumped this up the schedule to show, no, no, we can do like big epic, like stuff that with no humans in it too. Like, so. Like, I, I remember like at the time, like infiltration, like I remember you were being you were a fan of it. Uh you've always been like not always like in recent times, but for a lot of his tenure, you've been a fan of Simon Furman's work on Transformers. And I remember you posting in the this is before we started doing the podcast. I remember you posting in the uh the, the threads on Bot Talk about how you were enjoying the uh the as they were calling it the Asian series. Because it was like what uh, uh, infiltration, escalation, and like decimation, uh, devastation. Yeah, devastation. Yeah, yeah, and it was called the Asian series or arcs because they they all had Asian in the back in the back in the backup. But um, I remember when this was being touted. Like, first of all, it had Don Figueroa, who uh, at the time was a uh, beloved artist. That he's still a good artist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to hate on him, but. He made some choices later on with his art style that didn't appease to some fans. And then he had Simon Furman, who people still loved at that time. They still love him today. I mean, he, there's nothing wrong with anything he writes. He's just got some weird ideas sometimes. But I remember this being hyped really big. Like, you know, it was like, Stormbringer, you know, like, 
you know, this isn't your father's Transformers again, you know. And uh, I picked up the trade paperback, gosh, maybe like very soon after it came out, because uh, it was it was already touted in like like the second issue or something like that in like the 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 trade magazines that the trade paper was going to have a lot of sketches and and extra designs and stuff from Don Figaro, which I wanted. So I was like, you know what, I'll just wait till this comes out. So I didn't read it while it was coming out, but I read it very soon after. But yeah, this was like a big deal. And uh, one of the things I wanted to to throw at you first, Mike, was like, you know, you were saying Furman got complaints that, you know, I, they just want giant robots fighting each other. Like, I don't know if I'm correct, but the four issues, the four covers of this series might just contain every G1 Transformer. Very close to it, if not like you know. Well, I, I don't think it contains everyone, but it, it especially, particularly like maybe the first two or three and or four years of people, because it has like you know some headmaster yeah. guys and it has some pretenders in it. But yeah, it definitely has a huge chunk of people. Yeah, it's it's very Perez worthy, and, and also for any fans who who care, um, you know, like all these guys have have. Figueroa redesigns like they're they look like they're supposed to but they also have his own little flair thrown in like you know like you look at whirl on the cover he's he's like the twin rotor design and and all that kind of stuff you know um I, I just I want to point that out before we like go into it hard. Yeah, like um, you can never you can never dismiss Figueroa's like worth ethic. Like he like you know if he if you're gonna you know if he needs like a new design for someone he's just gonna create it out of like thin air basically. Yeah, and, and one of the things I've always admired him for. I mean, like you know I was saying some fans were unhappy with his later style, but one thing I've always given Figueroa is like. He is so diligent and such a fan of Transformers that all his like designs work. Like he sees the the vehicle boat and the robot boat. He's like he he actually engineers it in his head how it works. Yeah, which that uh-huh. that's cool. Yeah, I've always yeah. appreciated that. Like I remember when you know, and like you said, like I was enjoying Infiltration for the most part. But when the first posters of this came out, like the first like promo art, like it was that like you know that shot of Thunderwing and shadow like surrounded by flames and stuff and like as soon as that poster came out like people were like oh who's that who's that who's that and i was like motherfucker are you kidding me it's Thunderwing!" like you know it's like <laughs> of course i i i recognized it immediately because i you know i recognized his head silhouette and you know we had the shoulder cannons and stuff and like he had you know i was like people were like oh is that tiger hawk and i'm like why would it be tiger hawk like you know like <laughs> I was like, yeah, but like that was something that I felt like that got me really excited because I felt that was like obviously like speaking directly to me because, you know, like obviously like Thunderwing's one of my my favorite Decepticons and like we hadn't seen him like in a substantial role in like years and years and years. I mean, Dreesh popped up in Dreamwave, like, you know, one of the heralds of Unicron and like uh, the Armada right. comic, but he was really just a grunt there. And like, you know, the promise of a miniseries that focused on him as the big bad, like that, you know, I, like I said, I was fine with infiltration, but this was like all of a sudden it was like, oh, like forget dream. Like a lot of people were like still like, you know, missing Dreamwave early on in IDW. Like we were right. like, oh, like that was so expansive. And, you know, we got so far in the plot lines and they were all lost and we were all like, you know, mourning the loss of those. But, you know, when I saw that, I was like, OK, forget that Dreamwave stuff. I want to see what the fuck this is now. And like, right. I think that. <clears throat> Yeah, I think, you know, teaming Furman with, you know, Figueroa again, like, I think that was, a you know, IDW was pretty much saying, like, hey, look, like, we can do, like, big epic, like, stuff with Figueroa, too, like, you know, like, so don't, like, don't turn away because we're trying to, you know, Furman decided to scratch his, like, trying to write for modern comics itch with infiltration with his, you know, de- decompressed, like, Bendis style, like, plotting or whatever, like. Right, but, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw my own little quick synopsis out there for uh, fans who have never read this 20 year old comic now. Well, not 20, it's like 15, but um, like it, 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 the, the quick and dirty gist of it is, is Thunderwing is like one of the main characters. And it's because 
they they do kind of a a, a, a flashback to um, basically Thunderwing was one of the scientists uh, who had predicted that there was going to be the Great Shutdown, which was like a big thing in in Transformers for a while. And that's when like all the power in Cybertron was going to be used up. You know, it was very G1 kind of thing. Um, and nobody was listening to him and all this stuff like that. So to try to um, plan for this eventual shutdown, like he basically, like it actually gives the pretenders a cool backstory. Like he basically kind of comes up with a pretender process or augmenting themselves to be able to survive this. But like his augmentations and tapping into like, you know, the very power of like Cybertron basically gives him like not only a, a, a more upgraded form, but he's, he's basically, he loses all of his uh, scientific mind, his, his sanity, basically. He became, basically becomes a giant monster. And he's uh, defeated by Prime and, and all of their forces. And he's, he's basically locked away, you know, dormant for all these so many cycles. Um, listen to me sounding like a nerd saying cycles. And um, Bludgeon, who uh, I, is also one of your favorite mics, uh, basically uh, decides to resurrect him and, and go back into his process and stuff and reawakens Thunderwing, which is a terrible idea. And Jetfire and the Technobots are first called in to basically try to alleviate this problem. <laughs> and they get blown out of the sky. And then Thunderwing goes on a rampage. He goes to Nebulon because why wouldn't you? Destroys that. Yeah. And like basically at the end, Prime and all the various people he has, the Wreckers and, and Jetfire and them, they have to have a big last battle to, to quiet, quiet, quieten the rampaging beast, which will then have ramifications going forward that we eh, never really kind of touch on too much. I mean, we kind of do, but kind of don't. But anyway, but like, that's yeah. the quick and dirty part of it. But like one thing, the reason I wanted to say that synopsis was because I wanted to hit on one of the things that I'm going to talk about the bad stuff first, and then we could like gush over like the stuff we loved. If you don't mind, unless you have yeah, a no, God. Like one of the big things that they kind of seem like they were hyping was this was going to be a jet fire story. And also the technobots are going to be involved. And like, you know, if you're a fan of the technobots, you want to see them in action because they don't really get a lot of love and jet fire, honestly, for being as well known as an, and really, uh, uh, I don't know how you would consider him like not iconic, but like just very popular, but a lot of people like buying his toys. He doesn't do a whole lot really like ever. He's just Jetfire. And they do some stuff for like an issue, issue and a half, and then he comes back in the end. But the Tandobots don't really do anything, and Jetfire doesn't really do a whole lot except for almost get killed and then escape. <laughs> yeah, they're just a bunch of scientists. The tech Furman kind of like group cast the Technobots as a bunch of scientists. So like, you know, obviously, you know, guys like Scattershot and afterburner and strafe are not scientists traditionally so but yeah i, I don't right. know like I, I i at the time i took it as like oh you know i simon Furman's like re reimagining everyone or whatever but it still kind of left a weird taste in my mouth and uh yeah, yeah even like, bludgeon and his little crew of pretenders are kind of scientists sort of they're like rogue scientists they're trying to carry on his work i, I guess they're not really classified as scientists but they're trying to do what 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 thunderwing started yeah i mean even thunderwing's not really a scientist i mean he no. was always like the uh, decepticon leader in waiting basically but but this is this is like you said this is kind of like the kaiju thunderwing like i always thought like you know he had a super awesome design like i own the third party like toy of it i think it's called like uh thunderstorm garatron or whatever like and it's still <laughs> it's still on my uh bookcase to this day it looks awesome like but uh i was always sad that that was the extent of thunderwing's involvement with like idw 1.0 continuity as he was just a big right. mindless kaiju and he never really came back other to do all that, like, you know, mindless giant kaiju stuff, basically. So, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't, I don't know if it was like a letdown. It was cool to see, but if you're a fan of the character like you are, you would like to see him talk more, maybe 
interact besides just killing things. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they were good action scenes, but, you know, it would have been nice for him to actually have characterization at some point. But, oh, you right. mentioned, I was going to say, you mentioned like Jetfire. This this bit of trivia, this this series is actually the first time we ever got to see classics Jetfire, like his design. Like, True. Uh, Figueroa like debuted it in this comic. And like then like when we saw the toy, we realized, oh, he based it off the toy like design or whatever. So we like clap. we hadn't even seen it yet. So like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then like, right. you know, you see it later on, the Wreckers have that big uh like mothership called the xantium and uh yeah. like it's it's done based off of like one of don figueroa's like uh custom scratch built like transformers that turned into a giant spaceship that he made like as a, just a fan so huh. i i think that is this i i could be wrong uh memory and all that but i think this is the first time we see the records in idw isn't it yep yeah yep. And this, I always joke like this. This miniseries is the first time the wreckers didn't suck. Like, and, and like I, I, I don't say that that the wreckers aren't cool. Like they are cool. They had been cool before this, but I mean they don't have the best reputation exactly. Like before this, I mean, like in Marvel, yeah, they they just showed up to get repeatedly owned by everyone. And then, like, you know, that there was, like, the BotCon wreckers who were a bunch of, like, randos who also all died, basically. But this, this like, you know, finally, it's like when the wreckers show up, they mean business in this miniseries. Yeah, like, you know, Springer's in control. Like, they're, like, you know, they're Prime's go-to guys for, like, messy, like, wet works and stuff. And, like, I always appreciated that because, you know, like I said, like, we, as fans, we always thought the wreckers were cool. But I, until this point, they had never really been that like competent. Like I feel like so. Right. They, they, like their their big thing was like, <clears throat> it seemed like the the trope was, is they're presented as this badass crew of no nonsense ass kickers, but at least one of them dies every time they show up. At least one. Or they get like horribly I said, they just get their ass beaten by like Galvatron and like whoever else they try and fight. So. And I will I will say, uh, like in in my head canon, as far as stupid lore, like this iteration of the Wreckers is always like my team because it's it's Springer, Sandstorm, Broadside, uh, Twin Twist, Topspin, the Deluxe Autobots, uh, Roadbuster, and Whirl. And for an added bonus, we've we've got uh, Wrecker uh, Scoop. <laughs> Yeah, scoop, which is never explained or elaborated on. Like, yeah, I, I they needed somebody to dig stuff, and they were like, uh, "That guy's a dig, yeah. dig guy." Like you said, I always felt like that was a missed opportunity because, like, scoop comes back like later on in IDW continuity to have a role in like John Barber's book, but like they never yeah. mentioned that he was like an ex wrecker or like why he was on the team in the first place. So, all right, they just made him like a really big Primus the devotee or something for some reason. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, here's how it goes. I'm a leader. Sandstorm's my loyal sidekick. Roadbuster is a tough guy. Top spins is a smart guy. And Scoop is a quiet religious guy who ends up going crazy. But, uh, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, gosh, what is the planet they're on? The rock oh, planet. Varus Centralis, I think the record yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to call it Garrus, but that's the prison planet. But I was like, yeah, but that's one of the best scenes in the whole series because like, like you said, it's Prime Colin Springer, and he's like, you know, it's pretty much like, yep, uh, we got a, we got a situation. We're gonna need your help. Well, we're kind of busy right now, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we really need you. And it just shows him just laying waste and like kicking ass, and I'm like, yeah, this is what you want. Yeah, uh huh. I also like later on, like in the last issue, or or is it, no, I think it's like the second to last issue when they're about to like attack Bludgeon's cult. And uh, Springer's like to Prime, like, you know, I don't suppose I could like convince you to stay up here out of the line of fire. And Prime's like, no. And like he comes with them. So, like, you know, that's always cool. Right. That's, yeah, Prime that's like right. a that's like a Riker and Picard like exchange kind of like. Well, well, recently, I don't know if it'll air before this or after. It doesn't really matter because we won't I won't reference why we were talking about it. But we were talking about Dragon Ball Z like not too long ago. And uh, Derek had mentioned, like, you know, Goku always being the one who saves the day and it kind of being, like, getting a little tiresome. <clears throat> Optimus Prime is that guy. He does save the day all the time. 
But in this one, like I, I, I didn't have that fatigue yet. It was it was done in such a way that I was like, he really does kind of come in as like the uh the, the hero galloping in on a horse, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I always joke, like I think that's one of the weaker parts of this series, is that like the ending, like how Thunderwing is stopped. And I I always joke it's like Optimus like soliloquied him to death, basically. It's like he, go- <laughs> he goes out there and he like speechifies at Thunderwing until Thunderwing just like grinds to a halt, basically. Like and, Right, and yeah. The, he, like, he's the, he's the, like shooting them and they're like, you know, it's like, Prime, it's not working. What you going to do? I'm going to shoot him more and talk at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, he gives this whole speech, but uh, I think they give some explanation about like how his like, you know, the ener- the ultra energon source that he's running on and can like be expended if he takes too much damage. But I don't know, like I always felt like that was a weak ass like ending, like where especially like even, you know, Figaro is a great artist, but sometimes he has trouble with like storytelling and like, you know, there's that just right. one page of it's supposed to be like Thunder like in mid stride and he just slows down and stops but like it's like a series of panels of just thunderwing's foot slowly moving and i don't right. know it didn't it didn't always like give me the like impression that what was like happening like exactly but you don't need to see thunderwing shuffling you know <laughs> yeah exactly i feel like there was a way they could have portrayed that a little better like I, like I said, right. he just primes like speechifying finally got to Thunderwing and he got bored and he shut himself down, basically. <laughs> He's like, fuck this. <laughs> uh, speaking of like really cool scenes like the the what at Varus, uh, whatever, Epsilon or whatever. There's also on uh, Nebulon, like when Thunderwing attacks, he actually doesn't fight Autobots. He fights Decepticons because he don't give a fuck. He doesn't care. He's he's not really on a side at this point. And uh, I thought it was cool that they had an infiltration group already there. I would have named them all, but I think I forgot one. It's it's Thrust, uh, the Dreadwind and Darkwing, and uh, Crankcase, and who else? Uh, Ruckus and uh, who else? Uh, Skullcruncher and uh, Road Grabber. Okay, yeah, and and like the it was kind of nice that they kind of had that callback that the Decepticons have infiltration squads everywhere. And that was just a fun fight scene because uh, apparently, like Dreadwing and Dark uh, Darkwing and Dreadwing are are kind of like the the guys in charge. Apparently, um, so they're calling the shots, and like basically the whole thing is is like just kind of hold them off for a minute, and they throw not everything they have at them. I think it's kind of funny how some of them are like, you know, we're going to shoot and leave, but uh poor i think it's road grabber or crankcase or ruckus no it's ruckus ruckus just gets smushed <laughs> yeah they all get like kind of owned basically and well i always like that as a character moment for uh dreadwind and darkwing because you know darkwing before like you said before they attack darkwing's like you know hey dude like you know bro like come here like you know we're gonna let them like shoot at thunderwing and then when it when it looks like like we did our job like we did our due diligence we're gonna get the fuck out of here basically so yeah yeah like that, and, and that apparently always... they have like they have some kind of relationship as far as buddies with thrust they're like grab thrust and get out of here yeah they're like thrust you stay behind you're you're you're, you're 1985 guy like you're too important to waste like that. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about the trigger cons. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, for later stuff, it's like Crankcase and Skullcruncher at least will survive this and go on to have like minor roles in James Roberts, like more than meets the right. eye work. So like Skullcruncher yeah. basic Skullcruncher goes on to basically become like the Decepticon Seinfeld, basically, like the stand-up comedian or something. So what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with Thunderwing? Like I almost died. That's all I get. Yeah. Um, I, I always like, uh, but I, I've never really had a chance to expouse upon this because there's not a lot to expouse upon. But I thought it was like when you were talking about wasted potential, we we have a one page moment where the G1 Autobot uh, dogfight gets to talk to Optimus Prime. And, like, they have a little back and forth, like, you know, like, you know, to, I guess, like, it seems like he's kind of like a new cadet or he's never been in one of Prime's, like, you know, teams. And, like, it, it almost seems like he's going to do something or he's going to be, like, at least, you know, come back later in the story, but you never see him again. <laughs> 
He's like in the background, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's just like a nice little, I guess, moment for Prime or, or like, you know, just a, I don't know, showcase that Prime's like, a, you know, he's kind of like, you're, what's your name? Oh, yeah, Dogfight, right? Like in Dogfight's like, yeah, it's going to be like super cool fighting alongside you. And like Optimus Prime's like, uh, we'll see about that. But it's like, <laughs> I hope you don't die, dude. Like, you're what, what year are you from? Oh, 1988. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you're not long for this world, son. Like, you know. Did you see what happened to Road Grabber? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But. I did like that. Like, it's a nice little, like, character moment, I feel like. But you're right, though. Like, I think that's the most important thing Dogfight ever did in IDW. <laughs> like, continuity is have that little chat with Prime, so. Right, yeah. He's like, he, he, got, a, he got a good pat on the back and a go get him, Tiger. But, but you know, uh, that, 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 that brings up a point that I did want to make, is that, like, Stormbringer, like... In, infiltration mostly had like you know 1984 to 1985 guys in it and like you know I, I thought oh you're starting off small like you know aside from like you know the battle chargers like you know it mostly had like really familiar guys in it but like stormbringer right. kind of like you know i think stormbringer really did a lot of world building and opened up the world like and like i was like oh so like anyone can show up like you know all these obscure characters showed up like i was like oh that's cool like you know they weren't gonna limit themselves to just like you know the the guys who showed up on the sunbow cartoon or whatever you know Furman right. like made sure you could made sure like anyone could show up and have a good like decent role like so i really appreciated that and uh you know, it really, like I said, world building, like, you know, they have the whole, like, you know, bunch of flashbacks to, like, the original, like, rampage of Thunderwing, and that kind of, it created, like, a, like, lived-in feel for the, like, IDW universe right. that was still pretty young at the time, so, like, I think that was, like, a super effective, like, writing trick he did, like, it's like, see, like, this, this universe has its own history, and, like, you know, <clears throat> we're gonna explore a bunch of it, and it's gonna be really cool, and I think that, like, you know, even like I said, even if Stormbringer itself isn't like, you know, the greatest story ever, I think it did its job and it made me excited for like the potential of like this universe. Right. And I, I think that's why they were hyping it. I don't think they were. I think they knowingly knew that it was not like that deep of a story, which is not. But it it had a lot of doors they opened that they, they could go into now as like, you know, like. We got pretenders. We 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 got like a bunch of you know, like I said, later year Autobots and Decepticons. Now we have more of these infiltration squads. We got the Wreckers now. You like the Wreckers, don't you? You know, it's like we 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 definitely got a lot of we got a lot of stuff in four issues. Really, I mean, compared as far as like the universe, like you know, it wasn't specifically like set up, but it was like it was dropped. It was like here, this this could be expanded upon later on. This could be expanded upon later on. It was it was kind of cool. Yeah, you know that. Like, like I said, it, it created like the lived in feel like very quickly for this universe. And, you know, th there's a bunch of stuff that like, you know, was weird in hindsight, like that, that didn't really pan out since like Furman's like, you know, run was kind of curtailed like early and like he didn't get to like, you know, do as much as he wanted. But, you know, he it seemed like early on he was setting up the Predacons as a big deal. Like, you know, Razorclaw was kind of one of Megatron's like chief lieutenants. And like, right. you know, his his he was commanding his own like warship with like the Predacons and a bunch of other guys and stuff. And like that, you that, know, is, when, that is something we kind of glossed over. Like Megatron does get kind of involved. Like he, he sends the Predacons and he's on his warships and, you know, Razorclaw stands back. You know, he's like, uh, your other guys go. And they actually do help the Autobots fight Thunderwing for a little bit, you know. Like there's a I think it's in like spotlight shockwave. Yeah. Like where shockwave kind of has a comment where like when the Dinobots first attack him, he says something like, oh, like I expected like the Predacons to come after me instead of like, you know, some Autobots or something like. And I feel like that that was like Furman trying to set up that the Predacons were like <sighs> Megatron's like chief enforcers or something, you know, like in this in this yeah. continuity. But like. Well, you know, I mean, he, as far as like the, the the Decepticons that are like under his command in this issue, they they do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as showing up and getting like any incidental like dialogue. Like Diabob does a lot of trash talking, so does like Tantrum. I think. I also thought it was weird, like because at this point they hadn't set up that the Predacons were actually animals yet. They they hadn't had animal art forms. 
So, like, Razorclaw had this weird kind of drill bit on his chest. <laughs> yeah, like, Don, I think... I think Don Figueroa had some like, you know, commentary on the like redesigns of the Predacons with like Cybertronian and alt modes he made. And yeah, like he, he was like, well, Razor Clock turns into a drill tank because, you know, the drill is supposed to be evocative of his like lion mane, basically. So like I was like, OK, I guess I can see that. And then like it's funny because if you, you've ever seen his design for Rampage, like Cybertronian Rampage, he turns into a catapult because he's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like this like scoop on his chest because he turns into a catapult. Because why not? Because I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, Figaro is very imagined. Well, I know that you you you've gushed over the Thunderwing redesign, which I agree with you. Like Kaiju or not, Carrot Racer or not, it's it's a badass design. It looks very cool. Um, but also, like, isn't this pretty much like your favorite like design of bludgeon too it's i don't know if it's my favorite but i it it is a really good idea like this bludgeon like is like you know he does the like you know he manages without doing a a a straight up skeleton until he gets his like actual pretender shell but he, he makes like bludgeon like a like skeletal robot almost like his lower jaw's right. missing in robot mode and he's like missing like plates of armor so he's like you know it, it's a very effective redesign for him right i i think like as far as my only nitpicks like as far as stuff that i i, I didn't really like because honestly the Jetfire and technobot stuff didn't really bother me because it was kind of like as i said they haven't really been used that much before so I was happy to see them show up at least, you know, at least they, they got a few minutes of spotlight and I'd rather have some than none. So that didn't really bother me, but I was, I, I did feel like bludgeon, especially like the, the other pretenders like Iguanas and them, they get to have like a little bit of a scuffle with the, uh, the Autobot stuff, but bludgeon just basically like retreats because he's going to try to do like the pretender thing. He's going to try to like, you know, harness the power of the Energon. And like he just he just freezes himself, and he like you know, it, it, there's that. It's a really good piece of art, like that moment where he's like on his knees, and he's like clutching his face, and he's like he, you know, it's kind of almost a skull, but it didn't work. And he like I fried I, his own brain, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. and I, I felt that was like a, a little too quick to off bludgeon because they didn't really use him a whole lot for a while after that. Like he came back, but yeah, eventually, yeah, but. Yeah, I guess it was a nice like subversion. Like you think, you know, they're gonna have to fight Bludgeon in his brand new badass looking pretender shell, but you know, when they come and find him, yeah, like you said, he's on his knees and f- clutching at it, ripping parts of his face off because he like fried his own brain with the pretender shell. But that was a that was a nice like there's there's a there's a nice little another nice little character moment for Prime, like because like. Before he like bludgeon freezes up, he like tears Iguanus to like bits, and like right. while Iguanus is like lying there like dying, they're like Figueroa drew like Prime holding Iguanus's hand as he dies. Like I thought that was a nice like subtle little character moment like for Prime, like you know he offered yeah. like comfort to an enemy like while he was like on his last legs. So yeah, because Bludgeon takes him out because he he kind of does the same thing Thunderwing does. He kind of loses his mind before he locks up and he just like uh Guadis runs in there on his in his motorcycle boat and he's like you know hey boss you know shit's going down you know like it's going crazy out there and like Plunge is just like you know? <laughs> yeah uh-huh but yeah, then, and then like i said yeah prime prime does have like uh, a very like uh, a lot of the movies like the babers movies don't show very well i think prime's compassionate side and and this yeah that, that was a good little scene yeah yeah, like I want, like I almost wonder if that's not e- like if that was in the script or anything, or that's just like an artistic touch that like Figueroa added because that you know that's a that's that's one of those things that tells a lot without like saying anything basically. Like, right. So, but yeah, uh, and you you pro- I was gonna say about like you know the pretender shells like you probably know this like if you had the trade but like it, Figueroa even designed like brand new pretender shells for all those like all of Bludgeon's like underlings too but they never got yeah. used like yeah like this yeah like Bombers Iguanas uh, I'm trying to remember who else was all there he had he had a little crew uh, uh, Skullgrin yeah. and Finback I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, had, he did up. the work. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he, he not only did he redesign all their inner robots, but he also made shells for them just in case like Furman was going to use them. Like, so, you know, that, that was, you know, Fig- Figueroa goes above and beyond. Like, we truly didn't deserve him. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like, like I said, the, the, the fan criticism, for, it, it's mainly his work on the Morning BCI ongoing, like the first one. Yeah, the Mike and, Costa, yeah, like uh, yeah. ongoing, yeah. And, and like, don't get me wrong. As far as I'm not gonna sit here and try to say I didn't like it because I did. I didn't think it was a good artistic choice. He is welcome to do it. He could try new things. I'm not saying you can't do that as an artist, but you you when you do that, when you throw yourself out there like that, and you're known for a certain style, you you, you have the potential to get that backlash. But this, this is prime Figueroa. This is just classic Figueroa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's it, some, it's there's some really fantastic cool. imagery in this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think one of my favorite panels in this, aside, like obviously aside from all the Thunderwing stuff, is um, that, that panel where uh, uh, Nose Cone and Afterburner gets saved by the, from the Centurion drones by Roadbuster and topspin and whirl and there's that awesome shot of roadbuster like dropping down from the sky like you know with right. those guns blazing like that's like you know roadbuster's another favorite character of mine so that's a freaking cool ass shot of him right yeah he's another guy who doesn't get a lot of spotlight but like that one page at least you can see him like doing what he's supposed to do yeah i'm <clears throat> yeah. um, actually uh thank you for mentioning the centurion drone because i was going to bring that up yeah, I was um, going to say your avatar is one of them. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, at, at a certain point, uh, they, there's these Centurion drones that are still on, like essentially the dead husk of Cybertron. And, and when I say dead, it's just there's no power. You know, it's like it's like a wasteland. But these Centurion drones uh, used to patrol, and they get reactivated when uh, Scattershot and his his buddies crash land. And I I, I through deductive reasoning, you know what I realized, Mike? With the advent of that toy being released uh, a few years ago, the Centurion drone, that is actually the first IDW character that actually got a toy. It wasn't Drift, even though he came after yeah, Drift. The first like, unique design? Yeah, I think it might be, yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I, I did a little bit of like, you know mental gymnastics you know it was like does it mean anything of course not but it's kind of cool it's like yeah you know yeah um and they were presented as a threat they were like they they was presented like you don't want to fuck with these things so you know yeah like they they what did they they oh they released a brunt first right like trip triptychons yeah. like little tank and they used like the centurion drone robot mode as his robot mode and then later, they just repainted Brunt as the actual, like, Centurion drone, like, just the silver, you know, thing. And what did it come with, like, that accessory pack? Or Yeah, yeah, a lot of bunch of doodads and doohickeys to... to yeah, uh, I, had for, I had forgotten if it was, like, a two-pack or it, that was the one that had the accessories, yeah. Yeah, it was stuff like Sideswipe's jetpack and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so you know that's that's cool. I'm I'm sure like you know we we praise Figueroa. I'm sure he's not happy that like he probably got no money off any of that. So like you know like you know I I do feel bad like even even having that awesome Thunderwing like third party toy. I'm like well Figueroa probably didn't get paid any money for them using his design. Like and that's probably that's kind of why he quit working for IDW because he was like sick of like not getting any credit like or money for like all this work they were using from him so right he's selling toys and he doesn't get anything from it yeah yeah so hopefully he's doing okay now but you know what like is, i said do you know what he's working on right now um i don't know exactly um i think he was doing like a while back he was releasing a ton of art on his twitter page like from the dreamwave days so maybe he was like you know he wasn't so bitter anymore but like I, I think he was just doing design work for maybe like video games or something or, you know, I'm sure he's getting a, a living wage doing something. I mean, he's so talented. I mean, he's he's oh, got to yeah. have parlayed it into something now. But, you know, we'd love him to be back on Transformers eventually. Like, you know, I mean, point. like everybody at uh, uh, what's uh, Robert Kirkman's uh, imprint? Oh, Skybound. Skybound. Everybody there is like jizzing their pants, like at at the company about the new art in the in the Transformers book, the new Transformers yeah, book. Daniel Warren Johnson, yeah, 
Yeah, but I would love to have Figueroa come in there after he's done. That would that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Would, yeah, you would think at least he could do a cover or two, like you know, like the. Oh yeah. You know, so, I, like I never, I never say no to more Figueroa. I mean, he's one of my favorite Transformers artists. So. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like if if anything came out of Dreamwave that was good. It was uh, probably like what Dan Canna and uh, Kana and uh, Figueroa, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Guido Giddy, I'd say. Yeah, but Guido Giddy, oh yeah, okay, yeah, he did some stuff too there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the artists that they hired that they didn't pay, they 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 they're all <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. I was thinking of other toys I got based on like the stuff that showed up here, and I also got um. You know those third-party uh, Iron Factory toys, like the the smaller scale like figures. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're kind of like core class, but they're a lot more complex than core class. But uh, I got the Optim- the Optimus Prime that shows up in this like series. That's a Figueroa design. I got the Iron Factory version of that. And like when you pit him against like the Thunderstorm Garatron, like it's almost the same scale as it is in this oh. comic of Optimus versus Thunderwing. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I I would dare I would dare say that like the recent legacy uh, iguanas and bombers have a lot of similarities to what uh, Figueroa came up with. Yeah, like merging the like pretender shell with the inner robot, like sorta. Yeah, like definitely like a common design theme. Yeah, right. Yeah, like they, they, he definitely influenced like a lot of like what we came to be familiar with in the toys. He 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 did a, he did do a lot of work. I want to say um, it wasn't in this book. Did he design like uh, not just Jeff Hardy, but did he design Optimus Prime from Classics too? Um, I don't. I think so. Like he designed. A, like I'm. I'm still unclear exactly as to what he designed. But I mean, he what he did draw up a bunch of like yeah designs and like the uh, concept art for some of that stuff. Yeah, like I, I think. Like, yeah, I think I'm looking at his wiki page now and it says, yeah, Aaron Archer, like hired him like for design stuff for, yeah, the classics and titanium line. So he must have had some hand in those. So. Uh, And wow, uh, as far as titanium, I'm going to I'm going to put that all on like lube. (laughs) Yeah. Uh huh. Because those are all terrible. I I guess like (laughs) I I, because I'm trying to give Figueroa credit here. I'm trying to give him an out. I, I want to say that he designed "quote unquote" them in the in the respect of they took War Within Optimus and they're like we're going to make that a toy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh huh. It, it, like, I'm looking at all the what he's known to have designed, and yeah, it's basically the entire Titanium line. And then from Classics, uh, he had a hand in designing Astro Train, Grimlock, Rodimus, yeah, Voyager Prime, Ramjet, and Starscream. Oh, and it's uh, and Cyclonus with Nightstick and Ravage. He designed basically all the good ones. Yeah, it says despite popular opinion, Don did not design Classics Jetfire, but he said yeah. he had seen the design before time, which is why he included it in the Stormbringer series. Well, I mean, hell, that that fucking Seeker mold, the Starscream and Ramjet, like. That's still being used today because the, the 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 legacy Earthrise, all that, they're they they're basically using the same basic idea, you know. They're 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 slightly tweaked, but it's it's more or less the same design, except you know, they, like I said, little little bit tweaked, but it does a lot of the same engineering that he, he came up with. Yeah, he also had a, a hand in uh, the design for uh, the first masterpiece, Optimus Prime, as well. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Because, like, I, I know a lot of fans today would say, like, you know, oh, that thing's, like, you know, so old and, like, an outdated piece of junk. Like, when that thing first came out, that was, like, the closest thing to the cartoon model that had ever been made. Like, as far as a working Transformer. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that thing was... be like, a lot to Figueroa, yep. Yeah, he's easy, yeah. About the only design out of those that I, I, I could maybe make a, a slight quibble with his Astro Train because I don't know. Now, that that toy, is, I like the toy as a toy, but it's not a great Astro Train. No offense, Don. <laughs> yeah. At the time, though, it was like, wow, look <clears throat> at that. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Triple Changers always suck to design, I'm sure, for whoever has to do them because it's like, okay, you know, hey, 
got to make this turn into this. I was like, cool, I could do that. And also this. Wait, that's a boat that turns into a, a you know, a fucking uh, helicopter. <laughs> Shit, do I do that? <laughs> yeah. But, but no, it's like, it, like yeah, Don is, is so in, influential. Uh, and as far as Simon Furman, I don't know what happened to that guy. I think he quit writing after this or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Simon Furman did nothing else after this. Yeah. Right. Uh, what, what was was Regeneration One the last thing he worked on for IDW? Yeah, well, there was like that string of like Transformers 1984 like stuff he did too. Like that was also in the same vein of going back to the Marvel continuity and tweaking it somehow. Which you know, the, the, your your opinions may vary on how well that all came off. But you know, I'll never say no to more Furman. Basically, like I I I, I often wonder. Um, and I would ask you, but I mean, I, you don't have any insight to how his brain works, but do you think he ever gets like burnt out on writing transformers or he's just always got ideas? Yeah. You know, I'm sure he, he has moments. Like, I mean, people, I remember back in the day, like on the IDW forums, it's like when people were kind of down on that second beast wars, like uh, miniseries, uh, the, uh, the ascending, like oh, he, yeah. he, he kind of like he, he came into the thread and he was like, uh, you know, he was like, you know, you know, I'm kind of sick. He was like, you pour your heart into something and then people just rip it apart. And he's like, I'm getting I'm kind of he said something like I'm seeing why Don Figueroa like quit like or kind of. So everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, we're we're sorry. We're all being like bitter and negative and stuff. You know, so <laughs> we, don't, we, we already lost Don. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But, yep. but no, well, I mean, I mean I'm like, sure. Like, you know, it's okay. it's it's provided him a steady source of income for like twenty something years. So you know, well, and I mean, like, I mean, just like you were saying, you know, and I mean, I know you know this as well as many fans, but Simon himself has established so much to like the Transformers lore. I mean, he created the records, uh, the records. Uh, pretty much, if you're a fan of Grimlock, it's probably like. 30% because of the cartoon, like 70% because of how he was written in the comics, you know? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, like, even like this mini series itself, I mean, like bludgeon and Thunderwing wouldn't be like as popular as they are without Furman. So no, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It, it like, it, it's, it's insane. Like how much he, uh, has developed the characters and made them into like the, the, the characters we know today, you know, it's, uh, He's 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 to Transformers what Larry Hama is to GI Joe. Uh huh. But you know, I'll, I'll never again. I'll never say no to more uh, you know Furman stuff. You know, even like in, I would say you know Stormbringer isn't Furman at his best, but even like mediocre Furman is still far above a lot of shit that like gets shoveled out. So I mean, I I mean, dude, I I, I really liked Barber's like stuff in the early days, but near the end, man, he was he was writing some rough stuff. <laughs> Yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, both Roberts and Barber, I felt like got burned out faster than Furman did. So you know. Oh yeah, much, much, uh, much quicker. And then after that, like the like what the third reboot, all that stuff is really hit or miss. That's that's. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slam anybody who 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 worked on those books, but like, yeah, like the 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 recent Beast Wars book, I all slammed that. That was garbage. That that sucked. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'll call it spade a spade. I'm not going to fight you on that, no. Yeah, and like the other Transformer book, like the, what was the third ongoing called? Was it called Mortem ECI again? Uh, what, uh, from IDW, uh, Till t- All Are One, or? I don't know, uh, the, the one, the one that started off that had that, uh, fucking, uh, guy who died after like three issues. Oh, uh, the, the, like the Ruckley reboot, like sort of like the yeah, trans IDW yeah. 2.0. Yeah. 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 I mean, that yeah, was, uh, I, I, I like, like I'm a, I'm a stand for that, like that reboot, but like, you know, I know it wasn't super, too, super popular and like, it, I kind of, I think it felt it suffered from the same thing that infiltration suffered, suffered from like, is that we just came off like a uh, all time high and people were not into just starting from scratch again. So. Yeah, I, I think the only problem I had with it is it had a lot of good ideas, and I don't know if they, he got a chance to really develop them, but it it, it seemed like some of the writing was kind of iffy at spots. Like that fucking guy I was just talking about, the one who comes in and he dies after like three or four issues. 
like to me that's 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 a waste of time like why why like i know it's part of a murder mystery and it's like leading to something else but i'm like you kind of made this guy seem important and now he's just dead like we're little uh, rubble yeah uh the yeah. little kid yeah and i was fine with that because i was like ah like bye rubble like but <laughs> <laughs> you sucked anyway ha 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 but like, but uh, all that notwithstanding, uh, uh, back to Stormbreaker, back to Stormbreaker. I, uh, I, I was going to ask you this. Uh, this might even be a wrap up question. I don't know. It's up to you if you if you have anything else after this. But like, as as you pointed out, not a lot really came from this as far as the direct storyline with Thunderwing and stuff. Is is there anything that really got mentioned in IDW afterwards that really references this? Like they, they like, like I said earlier, like you know, they they bring back Thunderwing one more time when like Galvatron like kidnaps him and like uses him as a you know a guardian for the dead universe like guys or whatever. And oh, yeah, that's you know, right. the, yeah, the the wreckers have to fight him again, but like it basically shakes out the same way. It's like they they shoot him until he grinds to a halt, and that was it. And like and. Other than that, like they, uh, Thunderwing never really shows up again in IDW continuity. Right. And of course, Prime does. Uh, Jetfire on and off. Uh, Technobots, not really. You don't really uh, see The it. Technobots kind of have a history of getting like killed and destroyed and owned, like in IDW 1.0 continuity. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, me, and, me and Derek, like a few, you know, some, several. TF Tuesdays ago, we talked about like the um, 2021 annual from the like, you know, the 2.0 reboot that was pretty good. And it also like ironically features the Technobots and Thunderwing and like it's a lot better representation, I think, of both of them, like because Thunderwing gets to be an actual character and the Technobots get to be competent and actually like, you know, do badass stuff in it. So. Right. And then, of course, the Wreckers, as we as we very well know go into go on to star in a, a multitude of miniseries and honestly all of them like even though they still have a tendency to get their ass kicked they're all really good like yeah more uh-huh. or less. This, this was like a yeah this was a resurgence of the wreckers and it started with stormbringer so like i mean you know if the if the wreckers are thought of as badass today it's all because of idw mostly like i feel like I, again, like, you know, I feel bad because, like, you know, you have all these UK kids who grew up with the Wreckers and I'm like, you know, they're they're cool in concept, like in actual execution, though. They kind of got their butts kicked a lot. Like, you know, yeah, they, they 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 just don't have a good track record. I mean, you know, it's like, but hey, you know what? Simon Furman, he made Impactor and that finally got made into a toy a couple years ago, like a really, yeah. really real real toy. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So good on yeah, him. Like, I mean. Yeah, I guess my final thought on Stormbringer would be like, it's not like the greatest story ever, but I have a lot of fondness and respect for it just because the way it came, like I said, it came out at a time when I think we needed it, like basically like to like get us on board with IDW, like, you know, continuity. And, you know, it's got Furman and Figueroa who were the team to beat back then, basically. And, you know, and uh, yeah, like the art's great. Like I, I felt like I said, as soon I, I remember being so excited when I fought, saw the first promo art because I was like, it's Thunderwing. And like, you know, it was like being it was like targeted directly at me, basically. So, you know, it's got how Thunderwing bludgeon. Yeah, the wreckers. I mean, <laughs> how, how could I not be excited for it? So like, yeah, I have a lot of fondness for Stormbringer, even if I think the stupid prime soliloquies Thunderwing to death ending is kind of bad. Like, you know, but yeah, I, I think the only thing I really have to add is you, you said pretty much all of it about the only thing I, I would tell fans. If, if you have never read Stormbringer, there is an added bonus to it. The way that it's structured and the way that it plays out it. If you get the trade paperback, it is kind of a one and done. You don't really have to know all the lore. They explain what you need to know. So there is also that. Yeah. It like only ties in like kind of tangentially to in what's going on in Earth. Like, you know, you get that, you know, at the very end, Prime's like, you know, set course for Earth and, you know, and by Transformers Escalation. Where I'm in the stores Prime now. Return like, in Transformers Comics. <laughs> yeah. Somehow Optimus Prime returned. Yeah. Somehow Thunderwing returned. <laughs> dogfight never did. <laughs> that dogfight never did. 
Well, I think he he's on the lost light, but I think he's only ever in crowd scenes, basically. So probably still telling everybody how he talked to Prime that one time. Yeah, that one time. That's the highlight of his career. He talked to Prime that one time. Yep. Uh-huh. That's yeah. that's someone we need a new toy of, like the trigger bots, like Dogfight, Backstreet, and uh, who's the motorcycle? Was Override? Override. Yeah, that they have none of them have had like you know new mold toys at least like so. No, they're they're kind of cool. Like, and hell, as far as the trigger bot uh, trigger cons, you, we've had crankcase, but give us a give us a ruckus and a windsweeper. Come on. Yeah. Uh huh. In fact, they, I could have sworn there was like a listing for a new windsweeper and legacy, and people were like speculating it was just going to be a remold of like needle nose or something. But like, we haven't heard <laughs> anything of that yet. So. Well, I mean, they did make crankcase, so like. Yeah, that was that was the edict that we were heard, we were told at, at the beginning of Legacy, I think, that they're going to finish teams now. Yeah, uh-huh. and like I and I, yeah. I have that exclusive ruckus that you got from the fan club that could combine with like those other guys to make the Thunderwing combiner, basically. But oh, Thunder Mayhem. Yeah, uh huh. He he was like a repaint of Off Road. Yeah, so, but I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't say no to a new ruckus either. So. Like all, all those little toys, like you know, I'll give them that. They they had like a lot of personality for like little bitty dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like I know our pal Steeljaw loves Windsweeper, so like you know, I'm sure he would love a new Windsweeper. Right. This is for you, Zach. And this is for you, Zach. This one's for you, Zach. And when the trigger bots battle the trigger cons, there's no doubt there'll be a real shootout. All right. Well, I think that's you know. We had a pretty good discussion on Stormbringer and where it where it came from and where it went and you know a lot of stuff that came from it. So yeah, thanks Tony. Like I think you, you th- this had been in my back pocket for a while, but you were the one who like kind of brought it up and it's like how do how will we talk about this? And I was like yeah hell yeah let's do it. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad I was able to uh, uh, bring back a, a, a fond memory. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, you know, at this point, if Derek was on the show, he'd tell you, like, where you could find us or whatever. But fuck if I know, like, all the places that are actually still up anymore. Like, you know, go to our blog spot. Like, we're still on, uh, uh, well, I can't even say, like, Google pl- uh, Podcasts anymore because I think that's getting, like, folded into Pandora or something now or something right. stupid. I don't know. Just just go with Justin's uh, 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 catch-all phrase. Uh, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just just go to Google, type in Fanholes Podcast, and I'm sure you'll be able to find Like, I, I know we have a terrible, like, cataloging system, but if you just type in in Google Fanholes Podcast and, like, maybe Transformers, you could probably find, like, the first 50 results will be a bunch of stuff you could probably listen to. Right. So, uh, yeah, so this is Mike uh, saying... Uh, um, uh, we have reaped the whirlwind. Signing off. This is Tony saying, Missiles incoming! Incoming! I, I do like that moment where, uh, Nose Cone and Afterburner are like, you know, uh, Nose Cone's looking at the screen and he's like, oh, slag! And, like, Afterburner's like, what? What are you talking about? When he sees the missiles coming and he's like, oh, slag!
is like, I mean, you're probably not going to get the Ironhide and Prowl two pack, I assume. No, the the corpse Ironhide and Prowl. No, like I don't know if I sound stupid. You would probably like sympathize or empathize with me, but I am such a Prowl Prowl fan. I don't want his dead fucking body. You know what? I I kind of I totally vibe with that because I was kind of like, do I really want a, a a toy of the traumatizing moment I suffered as a kid? Like I don't know. Like. <laughs> I was like, who's your favorite character? Prowl. Oh, I see you have a lot of them. Yeah, now here's the one that's dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 like, it is kind of morbidly like hilarious that they like molded his face and the, oh, like expression. Like. Right. Yeah. The, oh, be, like the fucking smoke coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. They should have included like a blast effect of like a smoke cloud or something that you could plug I was about into say, yeah, well, yeah, it was he didn't have like yeah some kind of like plug you could plug into his mouth. <laughs> oh jeez, a little morbid. Just a our, little. our our hobby is weird. <laughs> it is. 